welcome back into a very exciting episode of Whisper in the Wings here at Stage Whisper. We are really excited for this episode. We have a incredible, incredibly talented actress, Tanya Pinkins, joining us today. Um, she is uh, currently playing Lena Younger in A Raisin in the Sun at the Public Theater. Um which is one of my personal favorite plays. This is one of my personal favorite theaters. I've never seen anything bad at the public. In fact, some of my favorite works have been at the public. So to be able to speak with a performer from the public is just a true honor. And for it to be Miss Pingens is a huge honor. So Tanya, thank you so much for joining us today on Whisper in the Wings. Thank you. My pleasure. My pleasure. As I mentioned, this this is just, I, I, I could gush and gush and gush and gush. Um, it's it's just such an honor to to be speaking with you. Um, uh, not only because it's it's you, but I mean you're a performer at the public theater, which is is iconic, and you're you're doing this legendary show, you know, a raisin in the sun. Um, and I I mentioned in um in our our kind of pre-chat that I had studied this in college. Uh in fact, Lorraine Hansberry was our first playwright we featured um on stage whisper in recognition of women uh, of, of black history month okay. uh, we wanted it, wanted it to be a woman we wanted it to be a, a woman of color and i was like i know exactly who you know um she had such a short-lived life but this was such a powerful play so could you maybe tell uh our listeners who maybe aren't as familiar a little bit about the show um so lorraine hansberry this was the first a black woman to have a play on Broadway. That's what they say. Even though I think that Ethel Waters had a play on Broadway. Well, maybe they called counted it as a musical, but this play was on Broadway when she was 25 years old. Lloyd Richardson directed it. Um, Glenn Turman played Travis, the little boy. Uh, Sidney Poitier was a movie star. I think the defiant ones may have been out at that time. Uh, Di- uh I'm getting all my names. Um, Claudia Claudia McNeil played Lena Younger. uh, And this play was very successful. It's only been done in New York professionally three times on Broadway, twice directed by Kenny Leon after the original. And this is its off-Broadway debut. It's Lorraine's public theater debut. And it's a perfect play. It's based on her own family's life story, yet it is not her family. She was from a, a upper middle class black family, but they did. Uh, I'm from Chicago. So Chicago's redlining and the daily machines making sure that if a family moved into a neighborhood that had been traditionally white, they would just change the district to cover that house so that those kids would be segregated from the schools and the community. And her father really believed in the justice system. And so he moved into a neighborhood. They bombed them out. He took it to court. Um, You know, there was a little bit of a win and a lot more of a loss in such a way that he really lost faith in the justice system and ended up moving out of the country. So this story is rooted in her own family's history, but it is not a family that is upper class as hers was. It is the story of a poorer Black family living in conditions that they really need to get out of. And essentially at that time, 
you know, whether you were rich or poor, you all had to live in the same neighborhood because there was segregation. Mm-hmm. And that that's that was one of the things that as a young college student just it really caught me because this play was written uh what six sixty seven years ago? Fifty gosh, I keep forgetting. I keep going between fifty five and fifty nine. I think it was on Broadway in fifty nine. So about sixty years ago, mm-hmm. we're still dealing with this stuff today. It it's, it doesn't feel like we've made much movement, and so it's such a timely piece. Her words are just as powerful today as they were when they were written. Yes, and the way Robert has this is a very new uh, staging of it and rendition of it, and it really speaks directly to what is going on in our world today. Yeah. So, so if you're used to your you know, fuzzy, wuzzy, raisin in the sun, which is not what Lorraine intended it to be. This one is as radical as Lorraine is. It is, it is, you know, pound. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a very thrilling production. I'm so excited now to see it because I feel like a lot of people don't pull the curtain behind, like look past a raisin in the sun into what she did. She was a really profound feminist. She had a lot of communist values. She was... Uh, a lesbian like she had all of these at that time controversial values and she didn't hide them she's like no this is me here it is and i'm well, she about hid them a little bit because when she wrote in the lesbian papers she's only signed with her initials so you know she did get married even though she was very clear about her identity she did understand that there were some things that you know she couldn't publicly do yeah. um benita is uh you know, she says is the character that's closest to her and the way we have the way it's cast and staged here. We're definitely flirting with the fact that Benita is probably queer and that's why she can manage these two men and not give either one of them an inch. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. Oh, I can't wait. So we have a lot of of actors, of actors and young actors that listen to the show. So I have to ask now that we're, we're, I guess, a year returning in theater, how how was it coming upon the show? What was the process for you coming upon the show? Well, the theater world is very different than the one that I grew up in. Um, I have to say for me, I don't really like it. Um, I'm gonna say this particularly because you say you have a very young audience. Um, all of these new rules about behavior and consent um, in my mind are uh, antithetical to creativity. I think that artists have to move at the speed of trust. And I think that rather than our industry calling out and casting out the bad behave, the people who were behaving badly, what we've done is we've protected them by creating rules that cover everybody and the people who behave badly, that's what being a bad, a bad, bad behavior is. You don't follow rules. So now everybody who follows rules, who but wasn't breaking rules is now constrained by all these rules and people who behave badly, they break rules. That's what it is. And so um, I really would like young actors to consider the cost to your authentic artistry if 
consent is required in every moment. You can't respond to an impulse. Hmm. If you're requiring consent, I can't touch you until I get your consent. Well, the impulse is gone. It's over. So that that is sort of the end of the Meisner method. It's in the end of the Strasberg method. And, 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 and what I'm observing is this, like these people who are just creating these performances that exist solely for themselves. And there's just no organic interaction or relationship, um, you know, in the work, which the beauty of theater is that it belongs to the actors and we're acoustic instruments and every night and every audience is different. And so there's the potential for it to be this new living thing that will never exist again in every performance, which is gone with all these, this rules and consent, which to me came into being to, 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 to deal with bad behavior. And that's the minimum of people involved in our business. That's a very interesting point and one I haven't heard before. So thank you for sharing that. Um, now, you mentioned that this is a, a new, like, radical version of A Raisin in the Sun. So I want to know, what was it like developing this and putting this on its feet? Very fast. I mean, it felt like we put this together very fast. Um, you know, I think I was the slowest person. Like, clearly, all the young people, they know how to do this. And they were moving fast. And I was just like, whoa, trying to keep up. Um, but it it came together. And it came together quickly. And I, I'm still trying to catch up with the young people. But uh, thankfully, Robert really let me go at my very slow pace and let me find um, my Lena. You know, I, I'm slow and I like to try a lot of things and I, I like to make a mess and I like to fail. And, you know, I don't like to feel like I need to impress people in the room. I love that. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I love that you mentioned that it was fast because a lot of people tend to mention, they don't mention the speed of, of a show being put together. Usually the, oh, there was a long reading and then you slowly got up and you were like, no, we just, no table read of the play no table work mm. on their feet blocking from day one wow yeah uh, <laughs> i'm not used to that wow that <laughs> that's a lot that's as, as an actor myself that's that's literally going from zero to 60 a little too fast you know that's yeah, we had a run through of Act One the first week. Wow. It, oh my it was, gosh. I was like, whoa, what's going on? Talk about a radical production. <laughs> so then what is the message that you all are hoping the audiences will walk away with? I think that everything Lorraine put in this play that was true in 1955, 59 is still true today. Um, you know, there's a scene between uh, Benita and Asagai about, you know, what is change? What is progress in the world? And Benita's like, you know, it's really hopeless. There's no way to fix the world. It's just all of us moving around in circles. And we have this delusion that, you know, that's progress. And Asagai's like, no, there's just this long line and it, and it arcs towards infinity. And, and, 
yes, there will be problems in the future, but I can't worry about the problems in the future. I got to deal with this problem right now. And yes, someone who I'm helping right now may be the person who kills me in the future. That's the way it works. You know, I become the fertilizer for the next generation. Yep. <laughs> that's that's what our purpose is. We bring forth something and then we die to fertilize something new that's going to just bowl over us. Now, I want to insert just a, a, a quick question because I'm curious. Um, what what about this show or this project entice you to to do it, to delve into it? Um, Robert O'Hara's vision for it, what he was going to do with it that was going to, you know, some people are, are, are not going to like it. And I have this sort of mantra motto, <clears throat> brilliance lies in the moment that might not work. And that's where I like to work. I like to be working um, where I might fail. In fact, if I'm not working at an edge where I might fail, then I, I don't consider myself growing. And so Robert definitely likes to work there. And my own personal experience is that when you're working in truth, truth polarizes. Truth brings up like and dislike. It brings up the opposites. And so I've just come to the place in my life where I always want to be working on this thing that's going to be a lot of people that don't like it and a lot of people that do like it. That's truth. I love that. That, that makes it just sound so exciting and it feels like it keeps the art form very fresh and new and it doesn't become stagnant, you know, that's for me. Yeah. So the last question I want to ask about the show is who do you hope have access to it? Um, Everybody. You know, I think the public theater has a lot of ticket initiatives. Tonight, we have some theater educators who got some discount tickets. And um, yeah, there are a lot of ticket initiatives so young people can afford it. But like I did an interview earlier today with Town and Country. So they're definitely going for the elite people who were the original audience for the play because it has something to say to them. Uh, yeah, I think it's for everybody. Uh, I, I saw there was like a 10 year old in the audience last night and I had a friend bring a 10 year old. There is a 10 year old at the play. So I, I, I think that it speaks to everyone. And I, hopefully the younger the audience, the more they get a message out of it that inspires change, you know, so we well, don't find ourselves in 60 years in the same place. Well, you know, disliking something can inspire change too. You can go like, Oh, I don't really like this. So now I want to make something different. Yeah, like that's as important to me as anything. You don't have to like it. Does, liking doesn't have to be the inspiration. Disliking can be an inspiration too. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, that's a yeah. conversation a little bit more about you and I mentioned in our introduction that it, it is a huge mm -hmm. honor to speak to you um and and I don't know how many of our listeners have have kind of clued into who you are um I mean you are the Tanya Pinkins as you said you are the diva you are the goddess you are a uh 
Obie Award winning, uh, Tony Award winning actress. You won a Tony for Best Featured Actress in your uh, for your role in Jelly Last Jelly's Last Jam, and you are the original Caroline from Caroline or Change. I mean, you you are a legend. You know, um, I when 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 I received the email about the interest from you about coming on our show i i literally was floored i called up one of my friends and i was like i think we finally made it like i feel like we finally made it the i i had a full-on like teenage girl scream because i was like this is incredible i remember watching you in uh show business the one narrated by alan cumming when i was 14 15 years old living in salt lake city um theater obsessed and watching, you know, Carolina Change, Avenue Q, Wicked, Taboo, all these shows being followed to the Tony Awards. And your show was the one that I was like, I don't know much about this show, but this, this performance is, I'm really, really interested. So when it was revived last season, I was like, I got to go see the show. I remember wanting to see the show 15 years, 15, 20 years ago. I need to see it now. And it was your performance that made me want to do that. So I, fangirling here. Um, but for our listeners, I mean, you you are a legend. So I, I want to know a little bit more about you. I want to start by asking, what shows in the past have inspired you or that you love? And I'll also open it up, you know, are there any writers or composers that, that might be in that category? Well, of course, my first inspiration was Stephen Sondheim. Yeah. Um, had a bunch of albums, Little Night Music, Company, so that's uh, definitely my first love. And the fact that I got to do Merrily We Roll Along, my first Broadway show, was one of those kind of dream come true things. Um, I love Michael John Lacusa's music. Uh, I love George C. Wolfe as a librettist. Um, Daryl Waters as a composer. I loved the band's visit, Yazbek. Oh, just yes. love, love Dave Yazbek. Um so many, but you know, Sondheim definitely still is at the top of the list. <clears throat> yeah, I I never used to be a huge full disclosure. I never used to be a big Sondheim fan. In college, I was that one rebel. I was like, no, I'm not a big Sondheim fan. Like I'm a Tesori, or a, you know. And then like the more and of course, Tesori is unlike anybody at all because. Every score she writes is completely different. You cannot listen to a score and know that it's Janine Tesori. She is just a genius, masterful because she can write anything. And she writes music like she's tailoring a suit for a performer. Yes. Oh, absolutely. But the more I've listened to Sondheim, the more I'm like, okay. Yeah, I really like him. I'm all about this. So I, I'm in the boat with you on that one. I'm I Into the Woods is my senior show. So I've been really loving that on Broadway. Sweeney Todd's coming. That is my personal like guilty love pleasure it. when it's yeah, done right. It. Oh. Um, have you seen any theater lately? I know you've been in rehearsals and performances, but have you seen yeah. any lately that you might recommend to our listeners? Can I say that I've seen that I could recommend? This season, I really haven't seen much. <clears throat> haven't seen much. Oh, that's too bad. Well, hopefully, you'll get to see more. I want to see MJ. Oh, that is so good. I want to see that. 
Um, I want to see piano lesson because that was kind of my first. I did that play with August Wilson and Lloyd Richards. <clears throat> so I definitely want to see that. Uh, what else do I want to see? Those are the two I can think of right now. Kimberly Akimbo, which is a Tesori piece. And I like um, Lindsay. Victoria Clark. Um, I would advise that when you see MJ, if you don't like super, super loud shows, bring earplugs. It gets really? progressively louder and louder and louder. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. good. I don't like I don't like to be my ears to be blown out. Okay. Yeah, no, it it, <clears throat> it it starts pretty loud like it would for like a rock show, but they continue to amp it up like you would be in an arena show. My mother-in-law who I took doesn't like super loud stuff. And I said, bring your earplugs and when it gets too much for you, put it in. Um, and that has been one thing that's followed them. They're like, the sound is a little bit loud. And I was like, oh, well, <laughs> I, um, I also am super hyped this season about death of a salesman with, uh, Wendell Pierce and Sharon DeClark. Yes. Yes. Wonderful production. Saw that yesterday. Oh, good. Yeah. I think that's me next week. So I, I love the classics. I love that we're going back to that and I love the new spins are putting on it. So. Um, you know, I, I mentioned you have this just incredible career in the theater. So what is your favorite part about working in the theater? I think that the fact that, um, it's the actor's medium <clears throat> or it used to be, <clears throat> it used to be the place where you as an actor had, you know, absolute control. Um, and I feel like when you're working with an actor and you trust each other and, uh, you know, you feel safe to just play with each other, it is as good as sex. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I, 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 I cannot agree more. It, it, there's just nothing like that feeling when you just, you feel that connection and you're just going for it. And, and, and that, that, that ball, that give and take is going. Yes. It's incredible. Yes. And you don't want it to end. You just want it to keep going. You wish there was more script to just keep going and have that connection. So when you reach that end, you're like, oh, no. And you look forward to tomorrow. Like, it's like what are we going to do tonight? I mean, when I was playing with Diane Wiest in um, Rashida Speaking, I mean, she, she was a master class. We would just see what we could get out of one another every night. And yeah. it was thrilling. Oh, I love it. So this is my favorite um, question to ask my guests. Um, and I'm really excited to hear what your answer is. Um, what is your favorite theater memory? My favorite theater memory? Gosh, I mean, I've had so many great theater things happen. Um. <clears throat> probably winning the Tony award for jelly and then just doing Carolina change and getting to do it so many places in the world. You know, I did it in London. I did it in Los Angeles. I did it in San Francisco. I did it at the public. Um, so that was, that was extraordinary. Oh, I I'm still over the moon. It listeners, if you have the chance to, to YouTube it, seriously it was just such a powerful performance um and, and the album you've got the album you know the album oh yes the whole show 
Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So are there any other productions or projects that you have coming down the pipeline that maybe we can help plug or promote? Um, well, there's my movie Red Pill, which is on Amazon and Vudu and Comcast and Infinity. It's the first time I wrote, directed, produced, acted, cast. I did all of the things. Um, and wow. so I'm super duper proud of that. That came out December of last year. And it's, you know, for movies are forever. So, you know, please support and watch my movie. I wrote a book about making of the movie called Red Pill Unmasked, which you can listen to on Audible or you can get it at Barnes and Noble. And there's a game. Um, and it's on the wet red pill movie website that you can uh, see if you could survive a world run by the red pills. Oh, that's cool. Wow. There's, uh, you just built this whole like mini empire. This is yes. amazing. Yeah. I can't wait to check this out. Cause the more I delve into this film, the more I'm like, Ooh, this is my kind of like thriller. Like, all right. Game Dark, on. scary. And it's real October. Scary, so... scary, like reality, not monsters, like real yeah. people. Scary. That's my kind of horror film. I, I'm not into the whole blood and guts. No, October's for thrillers and that. So I'm game. Um, last question I want to ask uh, if our listeners want to get more information about you or about your show, Raising in the Sun, or they want to reach out to you, how can they do that? <clears throat> well, tanyapingins.com. Um, the show is in previews at the public right now, the 27th through... Um, currently November 13th with the potential to run till December 11th. I'm going to give you a little secret. Here's a code for discount ticket. R-A-I-S-I-N-F-A-M, Raisin Fam. That's, thank you for that. Well, Tanya, thank you so much for joining me today. Truly, it's been an honor. I Thank you. This has been a memorable day for me. Our guest today have has been Tanya Pinkins, the Tanya Pinkins, who is playing Lena Younger in the public theater's production of A Raisin in the Sun, currently playing from September 27th through November 13th. You can get tickets and more information at publictheater.org. And if you use the code RaisinFam, you can get a discount. And that's for our listeners here. You can also get more information about Tanya Pinkins by visiting her website, tanyapinkins.com. And don't forget to check out her film, Red Pill, which is available uh, on Amazon and wherever else you can find movies. Uh, It sounds like a great film. It also has a book to go with it and a game. So be sure to check those out. I know I'm going to be. uh, Sounds like we've got our month all set between a play and a movie. (laughs) So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep your masks on. And keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. 
You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you'll find all the information about our backstage pass. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you. <laughs>